and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It's the uh, the last episode before Christmas. Towards the episode before Christmas, went all through the house. Not a illegal was winning a quiz. Not even a mouse. <laughs> so you're predicting that I'm going to beat you? Is that no? That's how you're doing not a uh, not a uh, illegal was oh, winning a quiz. Not not an illegal. Was not even a mouse. Uh, I don't know if I love that rendition, but we'll we'll figure out we'll figure that out later. Nerd Bomber's administering the quiz today. It's it's a big deal. We'll get to that later. Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. Happy sorry, happy Honda days. Merry Chrysler. And have a memorable December, uh Lexus December to remember. You guys know that one? I, I do. just heard about that one at, at the office. Because I don't watch commercials. You know what will not be a December to remember? My fantasy teams. Oh yeah. We're we're recording this on Playoff Monday night. Season. In the background, I am avidly monitoring A.J. Brown, who I need to do badly tonight. It's very important to me that he does badly. Same, same on that so, Medcalf. Needs to do let's badly. All, uh, let's all keep uh, keep our hopes up. If you're listening to this, my fate has already been has already been written. But nevertheless, you can hope along with me. And uh, yeah, Nerd Bomber got shellacked. I am officially out of all contention across all leagues that I am in. The only thing that I have going for me right now is daily, our daily league. That means you can you can pour all of your focus into further destroying. I have daily, which already set my lineup for next week. Get ready. That is extremely aggressive. You are aware that it is yep. Monday. Ready to rumble. Yeah, her league okay. is Christian McCaffrey Hill. <laughs> I mean, who am I? You to, think I can afford both of them? To besmirch. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is out. Yeah, you just got yeah, like right. two dollar players in the rest of the league. Who am I to besmirch your strategy when? I am doing so poorly, I guess. So, uh, yeah, go off, Queen. Hop on the C-Mac say. train. Beep, beep. Or choo-choo, I guess. All aboard. It can beep. I'm sorry, what the, was the that train, train? Trains can, do, can make many noises. Okay. The C-Mac train. Okay. Yeah. We have a lot to get to today. In spite of us just blathering on for two minutes plus, or whatever that was. Pop culture. The pop culture wheel has continued to turn while we've been away from the mics. And it is, as always, our sacred duty to bring you all up to speed on things that have happened. To, to put it lightly maybe the worst game of the year came out within the past couple of weeks and we haven't talked about it yet so i think we should talk about it we'll get to that in a bit we're going to talk about the latest apple tv plus potential science fiction phenomenon tactic i think you've read the books that this is based on recently yeah. you did okay I, I i remember you talking about them we'll get to those more later any eagle-eared listeners right now will be like oh my god he's talking about x thing because tactic recently read this so i'll give you i'll give them a moment to enjoy that before we get into that and then we're going to talk about john krasinski's next directorial venture which i don't think i like the title of let me just start by if. saying that but we'll get to that later Elf. if i don't i don't like it we'll talk about that at, well we can talk about it now why don't we start with that one why don't we start with Elf. if this is a movie no one's laughing that, at yeah. my programming joke he has been making, gonna make the programming he's been making this joke in our discord not a single person week. has been saying lol i get it not a single one because i get it i'm just not laughing out loud buddy well uh, oh so like you're laughing just like quietly you know that we get it right yeah like you're not like they don't I get think, it I, you know that we get I, it but i like i'm not hearing you laugh I, that's what's confusing to me i think i'll think about it i'll think about i mean i get it i just don't that's like my day job man I don't laugh at my day job. I, tr- I tend to not laugh at my day job. I probably should laugh more at my day job, but I don't. He cries at his day job. Um, No, not that What either, if you laugh but... while at your day job? I see what you did there. Let's talk about if this stand... So it's an acronym, guys. That's the like kooky fun of this title. 
you think it's just like if like just the word if because it's like a fantasy adventure if stands for imaginary friend here's my takeaway from this trailer or my set of takeaways i guess a thing a ryan reynolds is so hot right now and i mean physically we'll talk about that more if we if you well, want. well i mean his football club just got promoted so the whole beard his beard and like the way that his beard is is really good right now maybe the best are you been. taking notes i am i mean well i'm okay i'm taking notes in the sense that it's the beard i wish i had i don't know that i'm physically capable of having that i do have a beard but it's not like that it's great i, wanna, I also want to note that his role he is credited as quote unquote the man upstairs which a lot of people is a euphemism for god so that's interesting no it's 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 an apartment situation yeah it's gonna be jokingly joked about at some point i have no doubt so this movie for lack of a better term is about it seems like is about ryan reynolds assembling a large army of children's imaginary friends and i'll be honest the trailer did not at all make clear for what purpose that is happening but he has a girl helping him that when people grew up their imaginary friends then become like aimless and listless so they need to find them a new person to become friends with okay so it's like auditions there's like an audition part of the trailer which is funny that marshmallow there's an eyeball that slides off marshmallow i okay i need to be i need to be honest and clear here this is the latest example of i don't know that i'm going to watch this movie and i think it's because i feel too old and i know that's really not good for that's not a good way for me to live my life i'm self-aware of that i just watched this and i was like man if i had a kid they'd probably be over the moon for this thing i think this is definitely supposed to be more of a family-oriented movie but that said there were definitely and maybe this is just because ryan reynolds gives me like adult undertones and everything that he does like everything he does lately feels like it should be pg-13 and up but something about it also feels like it's targeted towards adults with just a kid vibe yeah i mean he's he's not going deadpool during this thing at all. does anyone else feel like they they took free guy and just made like a different twist on it it gave me that like so a lot of the imaginary friends they took inspiration obviously from things that they're supposed to take inspiration from things that kids see and so it's like the store brand version of like winnie the pooh and various other characters that are these imaginary friends and so it seems like we're gonna get kind of that same thing that we got in in free guy where they were like calling homage to various video games and things like that now that said one thing I want to mention about this story and who it's marketed to, I think it's not supposed to be marketed to kids. I think it's supposed to be specifically marketed towards parents pointing out the fact that kids these days don't have any imagination. And so that's why there's a shortage of there's a there's a there's a, a sect of kids that don't have imaginary friends because they're not imagining them. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the thing i think it's going to call out that adults can keep their imagination and their imaginary friends i feel like that's that slant the movie is going to take i don't think it's going to be like a kids these days i don't think it's no, going to be like anti-ipad that. kids that's what i don't is. think so i i want to you touched on a point that i've actually you know completely separate from this movie and its trailer existing do you guys have you guys noticed as we enter our i'm going to age us now as we enter our 30s or as we are in our 30s, I should say. Do you guys find that your imaginations are less active than even, say, five years ago? Because for me, the answer is 1,000% yes. And it's like becoming very noticeable. 
in my life. And I don't know if that's because of the habits I keep in my day-to-day life or if it's just because my brain chemistry is no longer... I think it's the habits you keep. ...as susceptible. Yeah, I would say... Yeah, it, it could be either. I, I don't know. I but... constantly, I feel like... So we all know I've dabbled in trying to write a book and gotten relatively far in a few before... I go back and I reread them and I'm like, ooh, this is plot hole city. I'm going to throw this whole thing out and then start over. I constantly feel like I'm coming up with new ideas. It's just I don't have the time to like execute. And sometimes that's music. Sometimes that's, you know, I don't want to say game design because I know that's a tactics thing. But like I've had ideas for games in the past and I know I just don't have time to learn how to make them. I have ideas for books that I know I don't have time to write. So I don't think my creativity is. And I think depending on you know, how you approach that mindset. Like if you don't even allow yourself then, if you know, hey, I have no time, but you don't even allow your brain to think of those things, then eventually that mental muscle will atrophy. Yeah, I, I think you. I think this is a PSA. I think everyone should take time to continue to flex their creative muscles. And that doesn't need to be an allocated, oh, I need three, four hours to do this. You know, if you have like a neat idea, just have like a little journal, just journal it down, write it down, and it'll continue to foster and grow these ideas over time. Keep that muscle flexed, folks. Yeah, I mean... I'm still coming up because I've similar. I mean, you've gotten much further with it with it than me and our bomber. But like, I have also tried to write things before, and like, I had a big songwriting phase back in again, not that long ago, like five or six years ago, probably was when that happened. I don't know. I just I, I find myself thinking back, and I still come up with ideas, but it's it's much more of a fleeting feeling. And I used to when I was quite a bit younger, like probably like high school, college age, I would literally lay down to go to sleep and close my eyes and so much imagination stuff would happen. So, and this is something I've actually been getting a lot on my TikTok feed and then I Googled it because as we know, like you shouldn't take anything in a video at face value, Google and verify your services. But there is actually studies showing that we as human beings to inspire creativity, pr- productivity, anything, like we need days to rot And that sounds really dumb, but like just deactivating your brain and having a day where you sit on the couch and you do nothing is actually the way that we stimulate our brains. And I think that especially, you know, coming off the heels of COVID, everybody was stuck at home. And now not only are we, you know, we're working, but then you feel like you're making up for lost time. And at least I know on our end, our weekends are booked constantly. So we don't like... We went, I think, like two months without having a single day where we were just home to rot. And and those times, like, yeah, when you go to sleep, your brain's not going to be firing creative ideas because it's just like, bro, you need to freaking sleep. And I think that's part of the problem, too. Yeah, I think it is. And like, I I think there's an extent to which conscious effort on my part to, like you said, flex that muscle more and... Because I, I have ideas that are in there festering and I can feel them festering. And I mean festering in a good way. Like ideas are growing sub-ideas. Sometimes it takes time. But like, I feel like the more I put conscious effort toward, and we're totally off the topic now, but like the more conscious effort I put towards trying to maintain that part of myself, the more it dies. Like it's all, it, to, to some extent, I feel like it's almost a paradox. So I need to work, I need to work out personally how to continue to keep that spark of joy in my life. That was very dark. Can I propose something and, we, and then we can circle sh- back to the we topic should, yeah, at hand? Go ahead. We should have a creative commune. And I don't mean a real commune. I mean a virtual one. If you have an idea, run it by the team and we'll we'll help foster and grow it. And together we'll all push each other. But you also want to have a real commune. Just to, I want to just... Yes, yes. Okay. No, this is correct. Yes. 
So getting back to If, so this movie is coming out, it's slated to come out May 17th, 2024, so about six months from now, right at the start of the summer movie season. It's the other thing I want to highlight. So there's two other things I want to highlight about this movie. First of all, the cast of people is insane. Like it is so many. Steve Carell and John Krasinski are coming back together, albeit he's voice acting. So I don't know if they ever saw each other, but I'm sure they did. Ryan Reynolds, of course, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Maya Rudolph, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Christopher Maloney, for all those Law & Order SVU folks out there, Richard Jenkins, Vince Vaughn. Bobby Moynihan, Aquafina, like it's just it's a massive list. I don't know if it was just like John Krasinski calling in favors to a bajillion people, or if it's just people who like John Krasinski, or it's like a little bit of both. But it's a pretty insane cast. With that said, there were multiple jokes in this trailer that I was like, "That's not funny." <laughs> like, and again, I don't know if it's just that I suck, but like the the joke. Okay, there's one joke I want to highlight. It's the one where the imaginary friend wants to say ifs and she's like, don't say ifs. And then he wants to say ifs so bad, but he doesn't. And that whole joke went on for probably 10 seconds longer than it needed to. But do you know who finds that hilarious? Children. A five-year-old. Yes. Yeah, like that's it's my marketed point. for both. Like that. that's that's fine. It's fine. Stop. It's fine. Everything doesn't have to be, everything doesn't have to be about you. Everything is about me. Everything has to be about me at all times. It looks cute. It looks high production value. It's going to do great, I think. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters, but I'd stream it. I will say, I watched this with my wife, and she was like, this looks amazing. Yeah, stream it is definitely where it kind of falls in. Like I said, it it feels just like Free Guy to me, and that's exactly how I enjoyed that movie. On my couch for like $3.99. Yeah, I believe I watched Free Guy in multiple, like, it was on cable a few nights in a row when I was staying somewhere that had cable, and I like watched it out of sequence, and that was fine. (laughs) <laughs> like freak out was good but it didn't like knock my socks off anyways if i don't i still don't like the title but imagine it's about imaginary friends did you guys have imaginary friends before we move on because i did not no i wasn't an only child like i likewise. did not have an imaginary friend i mean i wasn't an only child either but i did have a favorite stuffed animal well you talk to sure it? it's just i mean come on i mean no but like he went everywhere with me for a while his name was gray bear very um very creative. He was a gray bear. I was genius. I was a big, uh, <laughs> I was a big beanie baby kid. Again, not to date myself. Although I think technically that's still going on. Big beanie baby kid. So I had a lot, and of, of course I had favorites. I really had. I I would have a favorite, and then I would cycle to another favorite, just over and over again. That was like the cycle of kiddom. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Anyways, May seventeenth, twenty twenty four. If directed and written by John Krasinski, starring like a bajillion famous people. I will say my last comment, big departure. Like he went from, I want to call it The Quiet, but that's not what the name was. Quiet Place. That Quiet Place, yes, to a kid's movie. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, and even like if you've seen A Quiet Place, in particular the end of A Quiet Place, you're like, oh. Like, I feel like he kind of reveals the like gooey center within himself towards the end of that movie and i think this is just more of that side coming out but yes it is a massive genre departure from from what he has previously done so we'll see how it holds up let's talk about murder bots let's just pivot entirely away from happiness and joy and imaginary friends to literally a murder bot i would argue that murder bot is all about happiness and joy and sarcasm yeah i concur so i'm reading about i i have zero exposure to murder bot we just say that and there's award-winning novels called The Murderbot Diaries. That's what this show is going to be based on. Starring Alexander Skarsgård. Now, not knowing anything about Murderbot and just hearing the term Murderbot, and then you show me a picture of Alexander Skarsgård's face, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think this is... 
I think this is an excellent casting. So if you don't know anything about Murderbot, what the Murderbot is, is he is a cybernetic non-human and it, they kind of, let's call them robots for, for lack of a better term, but they're these security robots that help humans along their like explorations or their travels or even various tasks. And they're kind of a security detail. This story is in particular is about a quote unquote murder bot. That's what they call them that hacked his, his governor module, which gave, gave him sort of his own free will. And when I say he, I say it tongue in cheek because of the actor. It's, it's really refers to itself as an it. And he's trying to hide his free will. Correct. Trying to hide it because if it is discovered that their governor module is hacked because there has been issues of rogue murder bots and they're very dangerous, very, very dangerous. So if, if it well, I mean, becomes found out that they hacked their governor module, they get completely decommissioned and ripped apart for parts. Yeah. I mean, they're so called murder bots. He doesn't want to die. So they're pretty dangerous. So, so is the general premise... He's going to get sent to kill somebody, but because he has free will and presumably a quote-unquote heart. No. He, so he is he is sent to do it, provide security detail, and he's kind of laying low again to just not bring attention to him. And he's trying to figure out what happened uh, that gave him the free will. And he's, he's really unveiling this sort of corporate corruption um, that's costing, you know, a lot of people's lives and their... There's, there's things called remnants that are illegal to kind of sell on the black market. And so he's getting justice. You know, he's finding his own humanity because he doesn't want to be human. Like, he doesn't even want to talk to humans. If he's surrounded by humans, a lot of times he'll just check out and watch his favorite soaps. Like, there's one, one, one soap opera that he, like, watches in his brain called Sanctuary Moon. And, like, Dude, you hear about I it want all to the time. see, like, a Sanctuary Moon spinoff or at least an, a bottle episode where it's just Sanctuary Moon. He's just very sarcastic, doesn't like humans, doesn't want to have small talk, a little bit awkward. And like I said, just he just wants to Is be left this... alone and watch his soaps. That's how he wants to live out his days. And it's hilarious. Like, it's going to be comedic. So, so Nerd Bomber, you have seen these. Yeah, I was actually the two, initial reader. Not... So I'm a little bit farther removed. I read these probably two summers ago and recommended them to Tactic very heavily because I knew this was like right up his alley. It is everything is very first person in these books. Like you're in the mind of Murderbot, which means you see his sarcastic sides. You're, you know, kind of discovering clues along with him and uncovering this mystery. There's I mean, there's obviously action elements, but there's, you know, a lot of detective work to be done. And like Tactic said, you know, Murderbot discovering his own humanity kind of sometimes against his own will because... He doesn't want to feel things. He just wants to be. Yeah. One of the famous quotes from this story is, all I wanted to do was watch media and not exist. This was during the times when people were asking him like to like break up fights and all dealing with all this quote unquote human BS. And it's just, it's hilarious. It's worth a read if you haven't read it, at least for the sarcastic quips. Yeah. I I mean, I again, I read these books during, you know, the height of COVID, I guess, and he has a very like nihilistic attitude, very sarcastic, just like none of this matters. And at the time that really, I mean, it still kind of does. I find that funny and it resonates with me. So I don't know. I think this will be good. I do. My only sort of quip is that, you know, Murderbot is supposed to be more of an androgynous character can kind of like pass depending on like the modules they have for either male or female. So I was a little shocked that they immediately went for the predictable male well, casting. Well, in, in the story, I get it. They, they do describe his anatomy as being one of the ma the human parts of him being male. So, and he's made from like cloning of this male specimen 
And so like that makes sense to me. The main thing that I'd say I'm nervous about is really the people that they've chosen to write this story. There's not a very solid track record there. Yeah, the uh, the Golden Compass was not the best adaptation. That is for sure. Yeah, but David S. Goyer, I believe in oh, to some to further extent, I think. And I also believe in Apple TV. Like so far, and I know you were a little lukewarm on the Silo series, or was it called Bull on TV? But like I as was. as somebody who it's read the books, Silo, like yeah. I thought it was a fairly good adaptation. I enjoyed it. And I think, especially coming off of watching Lessons in Chemistry, that was a banger, a really great adaptation. And even, oh boy, For All Mankind. I'm trying to think of like their sci-fi centric shows. They usually do- Uh, Foundation is the big one you're missing, I think. Yeah, like I think they do a pretty good job with sci-fi at least. So I'm hopeful. Now, based on your guys' description of this story, is this a sort of thing where like, I'm hearing sarcastic, quippy, like, is this guy like fourth wall breaking- like, is this going to be like Fleabag kind it's of show? not worth wall breaking per se, but it's more you're, you're in his head and he's, it, it's could, literally could reads it be, like you're reading a diary. I could see it being very fourth wall breaking for sure. Or it could be like a Dexter thing, which I love Dexter. I think Dexter is, is probably more apt of a comparison. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're hearing his inner thoughts and he's not fish out of water, but he's a serial killer, but a serial killer with uncommon motivations. So it, it seems like it's kind of similarly taking an archetype and turning it on its head so could be the ticket for me from the sound of it i would recommend i know you have a lot of you know things on your backlog and a lot of you know god of war to play through but these are very short books i do i would almost say they kind of they're almost more like a novella than a novel yeah all four they, books, are, they are referred to all four books are the equivalent width of one like normal novel yeah, they are referred to as novellas, actually. If you like, I thought I actually Googled while you were talking. I Googled them. So if you can get them from the library, get a good box set. I've seen some good Christmas deals on box sets. Like, highly recommend. This was probably one of my favorite book series that I've read in a while. You know what I did while you were talking also was I looked up to see if I could rent it from the library and I can't. Also, you, didn't you say four books or 10? Well, so right, it's 10? going to be a 10 book series. The author, Martha Wells, signed on for a 10 book series. I believe it started with an initial like trilogy and then it just kind of kept growing and expanding. Yeah, four, five, six, seven, seven. It looks like there's seven of them, although the last one might not be out yet. I'm just looking through the Wikipedia. In any case, yeah, it sounds really interesting. Also, Alexander Skarsgård, my most recent touch point with him is Succession, and he was fantastic. So, like, I think he's certainly going to have the acting chops for it. So, hype. Hype town. Also, I, I think where I got 10 from, 10 episodes is what this is ordered for. Maybe it's both 10 episodes and 10 books. I don't know. Yeah, so you can get the, the four-book box set right now for... There's a coupon on Amazon Prime. Wow. $37. A coupon. That's what I call a bargain. Amazon, not a sponsor. Okay, well, Murderbot Diaries coming to uh, Apple TV Plus near you at some time. There's no release date for this. It's just it's going to be happening. And they got uh, Alexander Skarsgård. So shout out to him. We are going to take a short break now before coming back to talk about the day before. But before we do that, of course, I would be remiss if I did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen was on the show last week hung out with us. I believe wiped the floor with you guys in the quiz. Just calm down. Memory serves. Um, well, 
it's, it's what you can go back and check the tape if you want but i believe that's what happened steven gets uh the occasional guest spot on the show as he availed himself of last week he also gets input into the weekly game segment this shout out every episode and of course access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog that is those things are accessible to him via the night level subscribership on our patreon that's the highest of our three tiers of support there's also a squire level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog and a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segi details on any and all of those levels of support can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast thank you again to steven thanks again to all of our patreon supporters who help us keep the microphones on and keep the sweet sultry sounds of our voices coming at you every week i don't know why i said it like that but it, it's true we'll take a short break now to shout out another podcast and we will come back to talk about the day before Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano. And I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast covering the Ninja Turtle comic book series one issue at a time. Plus the video games, the cartoon show, the VHS tapes. If it's Ninja Turtles, we'll cover it. Ninja Turtle Nerds is available wherever you get your podcast. Okay, the day before. Now, this is this is a game. This came out, well, the IGN article this is that this is referring to came out December 11th. Um this is a game that came out I believe in early December. Um either that or late November, it doesn't really matter as you'll find out. This game has been hyped for literal years. Now, I will I will say I think because I am not a PC gamer, I had not heard anything about this game. Let me start by saying. Did we talk about this game on the show? No, we did. We actually talked about this. They showed this it might have been, was it like 2019 E3 slash RAP E3? But I'm pretty sure we saw like an early trailer of this and we called it a little bit of a Last of Us knockout. Uh, yeah, it th- what this looks like or what this was purported to be back when we, I guess, watched this footage on the podcast. I don't remember that, but I'm sure we did. This is this is obviously like we're talking four years ago. Years, this, years ago. So. Yeah. I, well, I read it and there's an entire timeline you can read about like the full saga of what happened with this game. And it's very long, but like the basic gist of it was it was 2021, January 29th. A five minute trailer came out. First of all, the developer of this game, it's fantastic without the A. So I don't know if they want me to still say fantastic or if it's supposed to be F-fantastic. But either way, not a great name for their company. They put out a five minute trailer. Basically, the gist of it was zombie open world MMO, which first of all, there is a there is a place for that in the gaming world. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure there is any high-profile game that is filling that niche. So it Daisy, came out. I think doesn't that exist? Isn't that a game? Yeah, that parkour zombie one. I thought was open world. Daisy, I've never even heard of it. Daisy is a PC game. Well, that I didn't, I've never heard of it. In any case, like you said, it looked very Last of Us-y, and it was capitalizing on what might have been peak Last of Us hype because that was around when the Last of Us Two came out, I believe. The trailer looked great promised a lot and then from 2021 onward it seems like things kind of went downhill pretty rapidly they put out a release date of 2022 june 21st 2022 initially that was their first initial release date announcement then it got pushed back a number of times also it seems like some features began to slide away from the game the announcements of delays happened very very close to the you know upcoming release dates they had announced there were accusations of like plagiarism and trademark disputes in this game saying they copied trailers from like call of duty which i don't even know how you would do that i haven't watched the frame for frames but there are like whole frame for frame 
YouTube breakdowns of this with, with these copycat uh, accusations. Fast forward to now, when this game came out, this was a super, super highly anticipated game, and it is now entering Steam's 10 worst reviewed games ever. And I'm going to run through that list because there's, I think there's parts of this list that are kind of surprising and it was listed in this article. We have in this list, the top 10 worst games, worst reviewed games ever. War of the Three Kingdoms, Overwatch 2, NBA 2K24, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Flat Out 3, Chaos and Destruction, Identity, Uriel's Charm, Space Base DF9, The Day Before, which is the one we're talking about, and Mobile Suit Gundam, Battle Operation 2. So like, I find it interesting that there's like a modern Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 in there. There's an NBA game in there. There's an Overwatch game in there. Some like high profile things, other things I haven't heard of. But I don't know if that was like a review bombing thing or what it was. But this game is now slotting in at number nine. It also notably had one of the largest drop offs in player count from its launch on December 7th to December 11th, which is when this article was was written. We saw an 89% decrease in concurrent users. And also there was a poll that was put out that basically asked players if they had kept the day before or had it refunded. And I guess like, again, like 80% of people had it refunded. So this game wasn't good. Fans of Gollum and that Kong Skull Island game we talked about in the past year can rejoice because maybe you are not the worst game of the year anymore. Well, here's there's a key difference here. Gollum and Skull Island showed you exactly what you got. This was smoke and mirrors. This was a switch. This was the the hype was real and then they gave that and then this was and this is something that i had mentioned in the game awards it is super important to show gameplay if when you're announcing games because if you're just showing cutscenes and getting us hyped over it and then you give us some kind of gameplay garbage we're not going to be happy about it well that's the thing though i think they even showed they some early gameplay that looked much better than what you know players eventually got yeah. So not only was it like a trailer, like cinematic misleadingness, butchering words in my head, but also the gameplay was extremely misleading as well. Like there was a whole like IGN ran like a 15 minute first look feature back in the day. Yeah. I mean, and again, they were there's other also reports that they were having people work unpaid as volunteers for them. And only those people got access to the beta for the game. Like it seems like every wrong turn that could have happened in the lead up to the release happened. So to some extent, this isn't super surprising, but it's quite a fall from grace. You kind of wonder what happened. Like with, with, again, going back to Skull Island, like it's fairly clear what happened. They had no time. They had seemingly a limited budget and resources and that was what they came up with and like you said that was very apparent from the jump oh this game is bad you shouldn't be buying this game this game did something different where it seemed like they had put their best foot forward and then possibly resources and or time that they thought they had was taken away from them i don't we don't really know what happened with within this developer's offices but it certainly seems like something did because what they got players ultimately got was not what they were expecting so the other thing that's interesting to me too is one of the key things that was mentioned is they took any money they made from this and paid back the investors if you were an investor there's a it's 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 an investment it might go south it might go positive like that's your risk that shouldn't have been the number one priority well but i mean i'm sure it almost always is in fairness yeah, I, I have a hard time. I don't know what, again, I don't know if it's fantastic or fantastic, which it is, but like, I don't know what their developer history is. What I want to find out is, was this their first game that they it like, ever made? It was not their first game. They okay, had, I think because... they had, there's at least one that's still on the market. And ironically, when the studio closed, I believe now a new developer is listed and 
that also leads me to wonder, you know, did they close down the studio to kind of get out from under the bad publicity just to kind of turn around and continue operations under a new company name? Just more sketchy stuff. If you go to the Fantastic website right now, which is just Fantastic.com, they actually closed the studio December yep. 12th. They just totally shuttered. They have an entire statement that they kind of wrote here. Basically said, we have no funds to continue because we, like you said, we had, basically had to pay our investors. So like they also wrote in here, an answer to those who ask for a refund. Uh, we're currently working with Steam to allow refunds for any player who chooses to request one, regardless of game time. Fantastic received $0 and will receive nothing from the day before sales. So they came out with, it looks like, four games prior to the day before the wild eight dead dozen radiant one prop night and then the day before so i think i'm doing some on the fly research here prop night is still listed on steam and no okay no sorry fantastic is still listed as the developer yeah i mean it it does say that the day before and i'm quoting from their from their statement it was their first huge game i guess what i what i wanted to kind of characterize here was was this a first time studio that like bit off way more than they could chew and didn't realize it until it was too late sounds like that might not have necessarily been the case it sounds like they probably should have known because they had developed four games prior to this one yeah this statement comes across you know i mean quoting again we did everything within our power but unfortunately we miscalculated our capabilities creating games is an incredibly challenging endeavor end quote there's no doubt about that that it is challenging I think there were probably a number of PR choices they could have made along the way that would have helped them a lot. So I'm looking at Prop Night right now, and it doesn't look that bad. And like it has mixed reviews, and some of which is because the game is getting review bombed, obviously because the developer is closing, and it's a, a multiplayer horror survival game. But like it also has a decent amount of thumbs up reviews from you know back in September, October, saying this game is super fun, and it looks it looks decent. And I'm just like I don't know. Let me read this whole quote. thing just seemed very scammy yeah well, this here's the other thing quote we really wanted to release new patches to reveal the full potential of the game but unfortunately we don't have the funding to continue the work end quote that sounds scammy as heck 100 percent. patches do not reveal the full potential of a game they fix stuff <laughs> that was bugged out in the release like yeah, patches are not designed to do what this is saying it would have done so i think that's a bunch of bull hockey they're personally. hedging and and also with regards to prop night the the size and scope of the game is substantially smaller they oh, should yeah. have, they should have just stayed in their wheelhouse that's that's really what this is saying like don't bite off more than you can chew and guess what you'll be all right yeah my my another one of my immediate thoughts on this is that if i'm of comparatively large studio like an ea I'm looking at this and saying, man, people were excited for this and it went south, but with the proper resources, people could be excited for it and it could work. You know, an open world MMO zombie game with the proper backing, with the proper scope, with the oh, yeah. proper attention. Another company, I'm looking at this and going, hey, look at that game. That was bad, but look, we did it great. And I'm I'm using well, this again, as advertisement. That, Day that's Z. genius. And Daisy, I believe, did that. They had, I think, referenced the studio closure tweet on twitter or x or what have you to basically promote their game and say like hey we've been around for almost well i guess it's not been a decade but like 10 years no, it has been a decade it came out i just because i just googled daisy because i've never once heard of this game december 16th 2013 it came out oh yeah so, they're just they just hit their 10-year anniversary <laughs> this month so graphically it looks janky as a 2013 game probably would but you know if you don't care about that apparently this game is a uh, pretty legit i don't know why i've never heard of it because it also came out on console xbox one and playstation 4 so yeah i'm not sure f fantastic you kind of blew it don't let the door hit you on your way out like i don't want to be 
I'm sure there were people who worked at that Fantastic who got screwed, but someone did not get screwed and like made a lot of bad decisions along the way. So yeah, probably don't buy the day before. This is like the third story this year we've done where it's been like, well, if you could buy it, probably don't. If you can't buy it, then you're all the better for it. That brings us to what are you up to Wednesday? This is the part of the show. This is the part of the show where we talk about what we have been up to just, you know, in our lives. I'm going to turn it over to Tectic to start us off today. So the main thing that I've working on specifically, and I know I've said this before, and it's, I'm going to say working on a video game. Yes. But more importantly, so when I when I started doing Trident Creative Video Game, it was specifically, I want to make a game for the Game Boy Advance. I've had some self-reflection and I realized that's dumb. There's so many better tools available to me. And so I'm going to use those tools. So I've started making a video game using the tools available in Unity. And we've talked about Unity on the show and how it's sort of anti-small developer. But for what I'm doing and what I want to learn, if I want to get the larger license that allows me to go beyond 200,000 downloads without having to pay out, then I can do that. For now, I just want to learn how to make my own little Metroidvania side-scroller, and I've started doing that. There's tons of tutorials on YouTube that you can find. Unity actually offers their own classes that you can walk through and take to develop your skills specifically for whatever you want to do. If you want to do a 3D platformer, if you want to do a 2D platformer, if you want to just like do a, an open-world zombie game, Unity offers those tools. I see what and you it's did fantastic. That. Yeah, no. <laughs> And it's fantastic. So I've I've started going through the tutorials. I'm uh, slowly moving along, just trying to keep my creative juices flowing, as we call it. Just another callback. And it's a really good time. I highly recommend it. Starting out, everything's free. It's available to you. Resources, the software packages in Unity, everything is free. And so if you've been curious, this is a good place to start. That's all I want to say. Excelente, sir. Good PSA. Good PSA. Nerd Bomber, you will carry us forward here all right so two things the first i started playing spider-man 2 i'm not super far into the story but it is pretty cool how you can kind of swap between the two characters you can play as miles or you can play as peter and binge watched a series so we talked about lessons in chemistry which is an apple show based off a book that i read and loved so you know we kind of stayed in that same vein and we watched daisy jones and the six this is amazon though but again, based off a book that I've read in the past and I really liked. Baby, baby, baby. The, he's driving me crazy with that. That is one of the lines in a song from the show. The show and the book are a fictionalized account of a band very similar to Fleetwood Mac and follows their rise to fame and ultimately how they fall apart. And it's the show is done and both the show and the book are done in a kind of documentary style where the different people in the band and surrounding the band are getting interviewed but you're also then just seeing like not quite real-time snippets of you know what's happening in the band's life and the relationships between the characters i thought it was pretty good tactic as someone who didn't read the book what were your thoughts on it i thought it was really really good and 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 it left me with this one major piece of advice if you're ever going to be in a band just be the drummer just chill out man (laughs) (laughs) just chill out man that's it but i will say like the way that they went about and approached the television adaptation of this book was pretty great. So obviously the band sort of was intended to mimic Fleetwood Mac. And when they were casting for the show, 
They made sure that all of the actors and actresses could sing and play the instruments. They gave them voice lessons. They gave them instrument lessons. So everything that you hear in the show is all of, well, supposedly all of the actual actors playing the instruments and singing the songs. And they simultaneously with the release of the show put out an entire full length album of all of the songs that the band played in the show. So it's kind of neat when you, you know, they tried to make it as realistic as possible. Obviously, it's a fictional show fictional band but the fact that they released a studio album and kind of made all of their actors learn how to authentically play and portray you know a band was pretty neat and probably about half of the songs on the released album are bangers that you should listen to on spotify it's very very reminiscent to fleetwood mac fleetwood mac is still emulate the vibe of a real band so obviously the real band is going to be superior but considering that like they were trying to emulate something that was insanely popular i think they did a pretty good job in terms of even like mimicking song structure and a lot of the tone and even having like the duet lead singers just i don't know it was a good story so and the other side of that knock too is when you if you do listen to the album you'll notice that half of those songs they're they're you could tell they're not complete songs because they only made the song what they needed to for the show Right? I, see, they they, they didn't need to make it be deeper than that. We had a very fundamental disagreement this morning, Tactic and I. So he was saying this song is nothing more than like a very short verse and then kind of a repeating hook throughout most of the song. And I was like, well, if you kind of listen to some of Fleetwood Mac songs, it's kind of all they were. So if they wanted to mimic that. But like, if you listen to the full album, you'll see that there are, in fact, fully fleshed out songs. And then there are songs that were clearly on the show that were just kind of they would just show you the the small sip snippet and then they would cut to some other thing listen to the full album yeah i mean so a couple of points of perspective for me having never watched the show so i'm sure people are clamoring for that in the audience uh when this show first came out i thought that daisy jones and the six was a real band which if anything probably just speaks to the authenticity of what they were trying to nailed do. it yeah uh, also speaks a little bit to my so did you discover them no no i just in my like meandering around pop culture and the internet was like oh there's this band J- daisy jones and the six everyone's talking about they look like they're like one of those like bands that like they have a retro sound but they're current and people seem to really love them again i was kind of an idiot am kind of an idiot another thing i'll say about this show is this is a mr illegal 86 and by mr illegal 86 i mean mr illegal 86 dad like the, like my dad was obsessed with this show and told me about a billion times to watch it i never did but this show may or may not be big with dads. <laughs> so. so, oh, I mean, it is. It's in like the, I think it was the 70s and yeah. early 80s. So if your dad was dead, my dad was a dad. was alive and listening yeah. to music at, the, my at dad, that time. My dad like, wasn't his dad. And during the 70s and the 80s were like his heyday when he sowed his wild oats, you could say. Mm-hmm. So I think that might have been why he liked the show. I will also say too, speaking to your point about like the authenticity of the music being so important think about how crazy awesome a star is born was and like not even just the lady gaga part of it but like bradley cooper taking lessons from i think it was lucas graham he took lessons from on like how to be a, a country rock star and like it came across as so authentic and that was great for the movie and, and for on the screen but also then the album like i think charted pretty significantly and like i still listen to the album sometime because it has legitimately good music on it so you can kind of kill two birds with, birds with one stone if you're smart you should put it on your watch list Murderbots and daisy jones sounds like a banger just walked away with a few more recos Murderbots is is quite a ways away but i'll I'll put daisy jones on on the list oh yeah that's okay fair enough is it my turn it is i'm gonna do something that i do semi-rarely on this show um and shout out a board game because 
you know, that kind of cuts through a lot of the video game movie television show chatter that we tend to put here. It's a game called Planet Unknown. And to be clear, I've only played it online. So I have I don't have a physical copy of this game, but it's a fantastic science fiction adventure. It's polyomino based if you're a board gamer out there. It's polyomino placement. So basically spatial reasoning and, and, and planning and resource gathering and also resource track movement. And it's just a huge amount of fun. It does have a solo mode too, which is super fun, which for those that listen to this show with any regularity and hear me talk about board games, you know that that's like my number one criteria for a game being good is if it has a good solo mode because my wife doesn't like to play board games. So shout out to Planet Unknown. It's fantastic. I do think it's a slightly expensive. <laughs> so if you're like the kind of person that for some reason hears some doofus on a podcast say this game is good and then go out and buy it, just be aware that it's going to cost you some money. I'm still playing through God of War. I don't think I have much of an update on that other than that it's it's fabulous and I could talk a lot more, but it would probably be wasting a lot of time and also like spoiling stuff. So for the time being, I won't. And then other than that, just kind of enjoying the Christmas and holiday vibes in terms of media. Uh, watch the, ho- the Great British Holiday Baking Show. Been watching a lot of older Christmas movies. We've talked in the past. I think last year we did a secret segment about what the best Christmas movie ever is. I think A Christmas Story won. And I just recently watched that one. And I, I do have to admit it's it's... It's just climbing up the ranks every year as being just truly phenomenal. So it's not really an update because it's not new, but I just watched that one again recently and it's fantastic. It's a great it's a great time to enjoy the holiday media because in a week from now you're gonna it's gonna feel ridiculous to do so. Which to be clear I think is a societal trapping that should go away. Like we should be able to enjoy it at least through New Year's. Yeah, I firmly but, am on the I can watch Christmas stuff through New Year's train. Because, like, that's when most people have off of work is between Christmas and New Year's. So that's when you can really, like, rot and watch it. Cow Trot is my favorite thing lately. I think December 26th, it feels at least a little worse to do. And, like, I don't think it should, but I'll admit that I'm guilty of falling in with that crowd of, like, on December 26th, I'm like, all right, back to normal, unhappy life. Like you said, though, it's when we have off work. So, theoretically, it should be the time when we make the most merry. Yeah, that's it for me. I'll probably be providing more updates next week or rather the next time we do an episode with all the sweet Christmas swag I got. And I'm going to be overwhelmed with all the things I need to do because I got some like fun games or movies or books or what have you. But for the in the meantime, we can move into our weekly quiz. And this is a big one, guys. Nerdbomber will be hosting. Let me go through the records here. Tactic 11 and 14. Illegal 86, 11 and 16. Nerd Bomber's 13 and 11. She already won. Uh, also, Steven 4 and 1. I would be remiss to uh, not mention that. I believe the mathematics are still holding up that if I win and Tectic loses, it's big bad so sad for, for T-Dog. And well, I, I could still Big happy boy Pappy back, for your boy. you're now not in last anymore. Well, no, this is like the last... This is the last shebang, guys. We have one more shebang. No, we don't. This is the last shebang. Next week is going to be a canned Christmas spectacular. Sorry to spoil your, your Christmas plans in advance, but because of the holiday... Typically, we record on either Sunday or Monday, and that's, you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas. So we're going to celebrate the holiday, but we'll have a canned episode, which means no trivia. This is it. This is the big one. Book. Hype. Hype. This is for all the marbles. All the loser marbles, but still all the marbles. I'll turn it over to Nerd Bomber. I don't even know what the topic is today. She didn't. This is one of those days. I don't think she even told us. I didn't. Sometimes we get, we get wind of it. Ooh, I, I really hope it's trivia of past trivias. That's my favorite. No, the only time that you guys get wind of it is when I need to, you know, tell you what the gracious voters have voted on. But this week I was the host. So I was like, why am I going to tell these guys? I don't want them to study up. It's the big True. shebang. Jamokes. This topic is Rachel McAdams. Who is that? Are, are you oh, kidding? I love Rachel McAdams. Oh, I have this. Oh, come on. Please. 
can you he doesn't even know who it is sense? the notebook oh okay rachel <laughs> the sentence is the notebook. Okay, I know she is. <laughs> so i guess we'll start with that one in what year did she play a lead role in both mean girls and the notebook again this is price is right style whoever gets closest to the answer without busting will get the point you get a plus one or the number one as your lifeline one time in this game and tactic since you are winning you will go first this was 2004 boy that is an extremely strong guess in my head i had 05 so i'm gonna plus one right away and say 05 yeah you bust four all right moving forward between 2009 in 2016, how many times did Rachel McAdams play the love interest to a man who can time travel? I really appreciate this question. I can only think of one, but I'm sure it's more than that. You said 2009 to 2016. Yes, sir. <sighs> Boy, like four, five. And now Respect. Tactic has wasted his, wasted his plus one. It is exactly four movies. The Time Traveler's Wife, Whoa. Midnight in Paris, About Time, and Doctor Strange. And yes, Doctor Strange counts. He can manipulate and move suit. No. I mean, yeah, this is, this but is, like, no. This is unprecedented in, in Quizdom. Yeah, I don't all. think Let's this has ever happened. That. Two wasted plus ones, two on the nose answers. It's basically like the, the first two questions didn't happen. And now we have no advantages. Carry on. All right. Little known, but Canada, well, I guess if you're Canadian, you would know this. But in the United States, I don't think we know that Canada has their very own Walk of Fame. And since Rachel McAdams is Canadian, she has received a star on the Walk of Fame. Is Justin Bieber on it? Probably. I don't know. Wow. In what year did she receive a star on the Walk of Fame up in Canada? I'm going to say this was recent. This was 2015. A strong guess. I think just on the merit of numbers i have to go earlier than that and say that canada overreacted <laughs> to like the the notebook and mean girls and all that stuff so i'm just, i'm gonna say 2004 all right so you get that because technic busted he was very close though she got her start in 2014 isn't that what i said Whoa. no you said 2015 you said 2015 Son of a <laughs> that is brutal that is brutal man all right but if hey if this keeps going the way it's going i'm gonna do the same thing with the next question so don't worry all right. How many times has she been nominated for an award? A major award. A major award. Any award. Any award. Yeah. According to IMDb. A major award. Shout out to a Christmas story. <laughs> Golly. A major award. So we're talking Emmys and we're talking Oscars. I don't think she's really been on TV that much. But there's also like Golden Globes and BAFTAs. There's like a jillion. There's Saturn Awards if you want to get technical. It's not as many as you would think. I think she's an unsung hero. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, 13. Lucky number 13. I'm going to say she's sung a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to give like a reasonable window. I'm going to go. Is 18 like far enough away? Is that? A- I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Okay, I'm going to go 18. You could have gone even higher. She's been nominated for 71 different awards. She's a big deal. She's a big deal. I'm like, can I can I voice something? My palms sure. are so unbelievably sweaty right now. Moist. It, yeah. Touch this. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. So it's, this is it. This I'm It's literally, gonna. we're going into the last question and it's, it's, it's two to two and this is it. Yes. And I go first. And you go first. So I have the slight upper hand. All right. For all the marbles, for all the year, for the loser prize, Rachel McAdams plays one of the characters in Wedding Crashers. How much longer is the unrated version compared to the standard theatrical release in 
minutes. This is great that this is the question that's deciding the entire year. So this is like a delta time? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not minutes. Seconds. Seconds. My bad. Seconds. Hold on. Time out. So what are you asking? How much how many lo- seconds how longer, many seconds is, longer the is the under unrated? Yeah, what he said. On, on the, the, the underrated cut. That's my man. Seconds. <laughs> I caused some confusion. I apologize. Kind of convert six. Like, do you need a calculator? No, I can do it. Seconds. I'm gonna go 360 seconds. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think. Okay, it's so you're adding six minutes to the movie. <laughs> it's lower than. I'm. I'm fairly confident that it's lower than that. I think that audiences, even in an unrated setting, can only handle bazongas flopping around for a, a solid three minutes. But I'm going to say lower than that, to be clear. I'm going to say 30 seconds. I'm going to say barely any time was added. You know, that's a very interesting, smart tactic. Unfortunately, it did not work out for you this time. What was it, there like two was hours? seven minutes and 30 seconds, which equates to 450 Ooh, so you were seconds very close. bazongas. Well, I don't know if it was bazongas, but unrated stuff going on first it was bizar- it was bazongas <laughs> it was bazongas uh hey again game respect game i'm not even mad that was an incredible last guess i was not gonna over you and if i was gonna over you i probably would have like doubled it i wasn't gonna go seven minutes i wasn't gonna add a i was seconds. stressing if it was either five minutes or six minutes and i couldn't do the math for like i would have i would have given you an okay to calculator to do the conversion my phone is dead but that's neither here nor there. Well, so I think I'm watching Hawkeye. It sounds like you are. I think that's, that's in the Christmas spirit. The general consensus. I moved to 11 and 17, Tectic to 12 and 14. Congratulations to all on another great year of nerd. I was supposed to say nerd bomber quiz. I meant online warriors <laughs> quiz. I mean, I, reverted, I, have, I reverted our podcast name to the previous name. I have yet to name. lose. So technically, I guess it is a nerd bomber quiz. Woo-hoo. Didn't you lose last year? No, sir. Oh, Tactic lost and he ate the pie. That's right. Or he purportedly ate the pie. The no, pie that was the cheese, first right? year. Isn't that I thought the punishment? Lost. Did Somebody's... I lose? I thought... You definitely lost. Did I? What would I have done then? No, you lost. I yeah, lost, I think then you, you lost. lost. Now you lost again. I think this was back-to-back losses. Uh, no. Yeah. I did not lose last year. We'll, we'll have to go back no, to the No, yeah, because like you had to watch... Sure you, had to, last year. you had to watch... Mandalorian. Not the Mandalorian. Um... Boba Fett. Oh, Book of Boba Fett. That's right. You're right. That we just punish you by making you watch Disney Plus. <laughs> and uh, well, but boy, if Hawkeye is much better, Hawkeye is is half as bad as Book of Boba Fett. I'm in for a terrible time because Book of Boba Fett was like the worst thing that's ever happened. Nah, this will be great. You'll love it. Well, we've reached the the end of 2023 on the Online Warriors podcast. We're very grateful to all of our listeners. All of our fans, anyone who hits us up on our Twitters at Online Warriors One, our main show account at OW86, that's me, at OW Tactic, that's Tactic, and of course at OW Nerdbomber, that is Nerdbomber. Uh, you can hit us up there, have a conversation with us about anything we've talked about on the show or anything at all, really. Hit us up on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. We love to see people there, and consider hitting us up on our Patreon. Again, that's Patreon.com/slash Online Warriors Podcast. We wish you all a safe and happy holiday, and we hope to see you back here in the year 2024. It's going to be a banger. Merry Christmas. God bless us, everyone, et cetera, et cetera. Stay safe and keep on podcasting. Mm-hmm.